guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre and I am back with my wife, Leah, to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in an anxious post-Christian culture. And uh, we are finally in the year 2020. We have made it through 2020. And we kind of dropped kind of dropped off the podcast mid-December. Like if you're a good podcaster, you're supposed to be like, this is our end of the year. Happy New Year's. You pre-record everything like middle or beginning of December and then release on time. Well, and you just like, you do like a Christmas episode and a New Year's episode and here we are, you know, so. In the perfect world where we didn't have children and duties. And lives. <laughs> and lives. We would be perfect podcasters, but. It's what it is, Frankie. Yeah. That's my it's quote. What it is. It's, it's my quote of the year for 2020. It's what it is. <laughs> what it is. It's what it is, Frankie. Some of you may know where that's from. I'll uh, I'll leave that up to you to to discover. But um, we're starting the New Year's off with I'm hoping a more slow, thoughtful approach. And I feel like as crazy as the holiday season has been, um, I I tried my best to do as much to be as much like slow down the last week yeah and to try to start off this week slow Mm -hmm. just to not uh feel like i i feel like we're always like in this trap of productivity and keep going especially with uh ministry and family and little kids it's lots of times you you're trying to press the brakes but it just doesn't work because crazy brakes are broken yeah yeah but i am thankful that I feel like there's still been a sense, even though it has been crazy, a sense of reflectiveness and pause. Yeah, there's always the pockets of time. If you if you really are intentional, there's always little pockets of time where you can sit down and like, you know, be quiet and journal. At least for me, that's how. Well, it was. and I think for me, it's like a, the mindset. Like I'm I'm at, from the last couple of years where I feel like I failed in this. Um, as I'm feel like mid December, my alarm goes off like in my head, like whoa this year is almost over. Mm-hmm. Like mentally make that a statement and like slow down a little bit. And just the in, in the in-between moments, let your mind wander to the fact that the year is coming to an end and another year is starting, you know? Yeah. Like it's like a thing that's happened, you know, over the last couple of years where it's like, oh, I forgot. New Year sneaks up on me. Yeah. So speaking of that, speaking of starting a new year, so one of the other ways that I'm personally like privileged maybe to think about these things a little bit more is because I I often try to use my preaching assignments in this season as an opportunity to kind of reflect deeper on the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, last week was the first Sunday or this Sunday uh, was the first Sunday of the year. And um, I, me and Pastor Vitaly sort of did like a mini end of the year, beginning of the year thing mm-hmm. where he talked about exposing false hopes and false like uh, dependencies in your heart, false idols. And then I try to talk about like change and how does change actually happen. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you guys who are from our church, heard the sermon this Sunday, um, a little bit of overlap, but I wanted to take a moment to talk to, to just pause and think about some details about how change happens and reflect on specifics that I didn't really get to touch on in the sermon, but also just practically how does it work? Mm -hmm. So um, 
the the basic truth. So we'll, I'll just like say the basic truth here, and then we can kind of unpack it and apply it and stuff like that. I think that what one of the things that we often miss as Christians is that we don't realize that the New Testament calls us to a lifestyle of change. And oftentimes when we're reflecting on our progress, especially in the New Year period, we are discouraged because we don't see dramatic change. We expect dramatic change. Mm -hmm. And the misconception there is that my life changes in big, giant steps. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, I mature in these huge ways. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we do have a year where we're like that, right? But um, the New Testament model for change is not giant, dramatic leaps. It's steady, little-by-little progress. Mm -hmm. And um, instead of being something that is like a big mountaintop experience, change is a daily practice, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, this concept of practice that, that... uh, we are every day um, learning a new way of walking, a new way of life, is like pervasive in the whole New Testament, right? So you see it, I think the perfect text that captures that is Galatians 5.25, where he says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's a progress that he's inviting you mm-hmm. to try to learn to walk in a new way. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ephesians 4, 5, where he talks about put on the new man, put on your new, take off, put off the old, mm-hmm. walk. And then he says, look carefully how you walk. So there's mm-hmm. an intentionality about how you walk. When he talks about walk, he's talking about your lifestyle, your practice, what you do. Mm-hmm. So I think that the core concept here that has been very helpful to me is just this idea that, um, and, and this idea that the Christian life is practice. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that is uh, not understood because we view the Christian life as uh, performance. Mm-hmm. We want to show how good we are. That is the inclination of the sinful human heart. I'm on the stage, especially in a social media world where I'm on the stage. Look at me, look at my life. You have this mentality. I'm showing the world, I'm showing myself how good I can be. Mm-hmm. And so the sinful heart always wants to go to this mode of pra- uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to show myself, I want to show the world how good I can be. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to admit that I'm weak and I'm a failure and I need help every day. Mm-hmm. But understanding this concept of practice uh, gives you freedom, you mm-hmm. know. And underpinning that that concept is justification. First mm-hmm. of all, I'm ju- I'm forgiven and justified. I'm not trying to earn God's favor. He looks at me and he sees me pure in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, understanding that God indwells me and walks with me, mm-hmm. you know, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is another doctrine. God actually lives inside of us. He's mm-hmm. not just like outside of us coaching or helping us from the Bible mm-hmm. externally. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- the biblical idea of sanctification, God is teaching you to walk. Mm-hmm. And so he is a loving father who is excited to see your progress. Mm-hmm. You know, So the, we're not trying to um, minimize the seriousness of sin, right? So we stumble, we fall, mm-hmm. and that's, that's bad. We need to learn to repent and ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Sin is sin. But... The problem is oftentimes our stumbling and falling leads to excessive guilt and self-evaluation and uh, doubt of whether I can grow, you know? Yeah, and I think I really like how in the sermon you said, I think you said change, but also like maturity. Maturity is not performance, it's practice. I think we give into this false idea and that is also immaturity in us where we think that it's about how much change is supposed to look like these big things and we look at these like heroes of faith or people in your life maybe a pastor or a friend who is just so mature and godly and we look at them and we're like well they don't mess up they don't struggle with what i struggled their life is perfect but 
it's because we believe a lie that they took these massive leaps of change. Right. Where reality is change happens in the everyday moments of choosing choosing to do the right thing, choosing to walk in obedience. It's little things over time, little mm-hmm. drips of water over time create canyons of change. It it transforms our lives and I think it's an immature perception that we have on our life that it has to be these dramatic things like cold turkey i'm gonna stop i'm gonna delete all my social media apps i'm gonna set an alarm i'm gonna work out every day like we make these things so dramatic because we don't believe in the slow and constant bit little bits of change we don't want the long haul because that takes faith it takes faith to believe that if i just do little bits at a time every day is going to transform my life we don't want that we want the quick and easy Well, maybe not the quick and easy, but we want to see the results instantly. Yeah. We want to be motivated by our view of the results, which is our works. Yeah. Rather than being motivated by God's faithfulness and God's promise that he has given us a new heart and he is working in us a, um, you know, a work that he will drive to completion on the day of Christ. So this concept of practice uh, it changes the way you view yourself too, because there's a perfectionism, uh, mm-hmm. that slows, actually slows our growth down. Mm-hmm. So like there's this experiment that was run. Um, I think this is one of the books I read recently. I think it was atomic habits. Um, he says there's, there's two, an experiment, two, two groups of students who are photography students. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, one group was told, um, take the best picture you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, like try to focus on you know all the c- components and like try to get that one perfect picture. Mm-hmm. The other the other group was told your goal is to take as many pictures as possible. Mm-hmm. And so this group that wasn't focusing on perfection was just these people just taking a bunch of pictures mm-hmm. and working on their craft actually ended up producing way better mm-hmm. quality photography you know art than the ones that were perfecting and yeah. actually not progressing. Yeah. So it's like a basic psychology concept, a human mm-hmm. nature concept mm-hmm. that we obsess when we obsess over perfection, we actually don't don't mature and grow. Right. And spiritually speaking, we obsess over our perfection and more most of us we don't think we're perfect. We mm-hmm. obsess over our failures and yeah. we we think and we reflect, "Oh my goodness, I'm such a failure. Look at everybody else. They are so farther along in life. Here I am struggling with the same mm-hmm. things or I'm so unsuccessful or I haven't accomplished a lot of things mm-hmm. in my life." We obsess over the perfection of our performance rather than embracing our identity in Christ, which is A, you're perfect in Jesus, mm-hmm. meaning you're completely forgiven. God doesn't God doesn't condemn and throw you out of his kingdom because mm-hmm. you failed. Mm-hmm. He 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 hates your sin. He takes it seriously. But he also washes you every day. So mm-hmm. through the practice of repentance, you are failing and you're inviting his washing work, mm-hmm. cleansing, getting back on your feet, mm-hmm. going forward. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that your daily life of failure is is all about practice. It's about uh, trying and trying and trying again and expecting to fail, you know? Right, and I love how it's, there's, there's this quote people often use, is it's not how many times you drop something, it's how often things are picked up. Mm-hmm. So like just like in a house where people like want a clean home and it's just like the habit of, it's not so much how messy the people are, it's how often they do little speed cleans or pick up right where they're at and i think um picking up immediately what you've dropped is what creates change over a long time right deal not dwelling on sin or failure or giving it more credit giving yourself more credit like 
yes, you're a sinner and you will continue failing. So don't sit and muddle in that shame. Get up and, and accept the forgiveness of Christ and, and move on and right. and try again. Yeah. Um, Paul, Paul distinguishes between two types of sorrow in Corinthians. I think it's 1 Corinthians 7. And he talks about there's a worldly sorrow. The worldly mm-hmm. sorrow leads to self-centeredness and uh, guilt and pride. Because I'm just, oh, look at me. I just messed up and I'm such a failure. Mm -hmm. Godly sorrow leads to repentance and growth. So godly sorrow leads to action. Mm -hmm. Action of, first of all, repenting. Repenting is just turning from this failure, this Mm -hmm. sin, and saying, Lord, I've sinned. Help me. I failed. I I lost my temper at my kids or whatever. You know, I, um, I was not nice to my wife or I wasn't, you know, patient with my coworkers. Forgive me. Strengthen me. Help me to kill the sin Mm -hmm. and help me to walk in righteousness. Like takes 10 seconds to Mm -hmm. pray that prayer. Mm -hmm. You're inviting God to get back up on your feet. Mm -hmm. And you're getting back up on your feet, not on this idea that I can do this. Right. You're getting up back on your feet on the confidence of the reality of grace. Yeah. I'm getting up because grace is at work in me, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that gives us freedom. I think that that liberates us from this perfectionism and it liberates us to run mm-hmm. forward, to mm-hmm. move forward. That's like the picture you get when you look at Paul in Philippians 3 and 4, where he's like, I don't look back at anything, mm-hmm. my failures or even my successes. He says, I strain forward to the upward call of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. So he's like, my life is running forward. Right. There's some good things in the past. There's some bad things in the past. But my life is defined by my freedom to run and know Jesus. And it's not it's not because you know you can't fall, like because that. But because you have the, the psalm, freedom to fall. In the psalm right? that you mentioned in yes, the sorry. sermon, it was the righteous man falls seven times, but Proverbs or Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Yeah, he he will fall, but he will continue getting up. It's not lack of falling. So that's right. that's so important to notice that because we have the strength and the freedom to run. Not because we don't fear falling, but because we know by God's grace, we will keep, we will get that endurance. Right. And I think that's the key. It's not so much like perfection or like you have to change, you have to do these things because you will never sin and you will be this mature person. It's it's a daily life. It's a lifestyle of habits of cleaning up your messes, picking up what you've dropped, repenting of your sin and relying on the grace of God. Yeah. Over the long haul, that has tremendous impact rather than making these big attempts at right. perfection. Think about the psychological pressure of having to be your own savior and create your own change. A person who doesn't have the hope of Jesus, basically it's like your yard is your soul is your yard. You know, it's full of leaves and garbage and it's like, okay, I messed up. I gotta clean the yard and start fresh. That labor of trying to clear your heart out and become a new person. In Christ, that is a momentary experience. So people struggle with sin and failure and doubt and guilt. The only thing you need to have a new leaf, turn over a new leaf, is that moment of repentance right now, inviting the work of Christ, accepting by faith that you are forgiven, accepting by faith this faith this truth that you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, which means you have actually power inside you supernatural power in your heart to fight sin and moving forward like that moment of redemption is available to us 24 7 all you got to do is just turn to your savior 
Right. And I think that the, the Bible says so much about like, don't give the devil an opportunity. Don't, don't give him room. And when we put a lot of emphasis on our sin, you know, like that song, my, my sins, there they are many, but his mercy is more. Mm-hmm. Christ wants us to look more to his mercy rather than focus on our sin we are to be brokenhearted over our sin there is no minimizing our sin we should be meditating as christians we should be meditating on the evil and ugliness of our sin and turning away from god that is horrible and that should be something we're dwelling on and reading the bible but that is not something god wants us to spend our lives like in that puddle of our own failure and sin right he calls us out of that so that we are not sitting in it. And I think that's, as Christians, we tend to be like so broken over our sin and just sitting there and dwelling on it rather than quickly repenting and looking to Christ, his victory, what he has done. Because when you, we turn our gaze down to ourselves, we're minimizing his victory. Right. We're saying, I don't believe that's enough for me. Right. So in this concept, it destroys our progress killers, I think. Like there's yes. a couple of killers of progress. One of those is guilt. So guilt over sin is correct because sin is bad but at the same time like we just said guilt must lead to repentance and um confidence to stand back up accepting the finished work of jesus so you have to learn as i was mentioning in the sermon you have to learn to look at yourself through the eyes of the cross through the lens of the cross. Mm -hmm. And because that's the lens through which God the Father actually looks at you. He sees you through the cross. If you are a Christian who has invited Christ to transform your life, who has bowed the knee, who is following Jesus as your Lord, Mm -hmm. you look through the cross and you realize on on the realm of guilt, like I am guilty for my sins. I have incurred judgment, right? Mm -hmm. That guilt has been washed. It's been paid by Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know? So like that's massive. You know, mm-hmm. we, we tend to wallow in guilt. Satan is the accuser. Mm-hmm. He wants to send thoughts and emotions into us that will uh, cause us to think big of our sin and think small of the Savior, mm-hmm. you know. But it's, it's, it's the embrace of these concepts. It's, it's a paradox because I am still a sinner, right? It's a paradox because mm-hmm. like how do I embrace that I am a saint even though I'm still a sinner? The paradox is faith. You, you believe that Jesus did it, mm-hmm. that he, he is a strong enough savior to have cleared my debt 100%, even though I sin today and I will sin again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. His, he is a strong enough savior. He's cleared all that. Mm-hmm. You know, So like guilt must be brought to Christ. If you dwell on guilt, you believe more in the power of your sin than in the power of Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. is less powerful than your sin. Mm-hmm. And that's false. Right. You confront that guilt and, and it gives you freedom. It's like that burden off your back. Mm-hmm. You know, Pilgrim in Pilgrim's Progress or Christian, he has this giant burden on his back. And when he comes to the cross, the burden just falls off by itself. Mm-hmm. You have to do that every day. Yeah. So that, that, that's a progress killer. Yeah. Guilt, you know. Yeah. Uh, the other one is doubt, I think. Yeah. It's like the guilt leads to the doubt. Like, can I really change? Mm-hmm. Can I really fight my sin? Mm-hmm. Can I really be godly and holy and wise and fruitful? Right. And again, we turn back to how many times we've fallen and and messed up in maybe in the specific area. And we, we look at that and say, I really don't think realistically looking at myself that I can't change because look at all these years of failure. Right. Right. And I think that, again, looking through the lens of the cross, you have to have a, an, a like 
there is not there's nothing more optimistic than the Christian faith when it comes to the human condition mm-hmm. because it is realistic first of all by saying we can't fix ourselves we're mm-hmm. messed up mm-hmm. but it is like unimaginably optimistic because mm-hmm. it is basically saying if you're a Christian God literally dwells in you mm-hmm. and God has supplied uh, Paul says this in Ephesians 1 the end of Ephesians chapter 1 he says that same power at work the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power at work in you today mm-hmm. to conquer sin mm-hmm. and if you learn to look at yourself through the eyes of Jesus, your Savior, the Holy Spirit, who is your coach, your comforter, mm-hmm. um, you learn to see that they see you as mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe a block of concrete that is being chiseled into a glorious statue. Mm-hmm. And so you look at yourself not on the basis of what you can do. I can do this. I can accomplish change. I can fight this bad habit. I can fight this sin. I can fight this emotion that I keep Mm -hmm. having, this anger, this lust, this jealousy, Mm -hmm. this anxiety. I can fight it. No, you can't. But there is a God. The God of the universe dwells in you Mm -hmm. and supplies you with power to kill this sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he is optimistic about your progress because he is the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. And he wants to recreate your heart. Mm -hmm. So like doubt is extinguished. Doubt dies when you look at yourself through the cross and that gives you confidence to say you know no matter how bad i failed today repentance goes deep repentance goes as deep as the sin we turn we repent we invite people into our life to help us fight sin but it it's it's crushing to your pride to accept the cross and yet as it crushes your pride it exalts your confidence Mm -hmm. because you're saying i can kill this sin I know I can, not because I can. I know I can because Jesus lived and died, and He is the Savior, Creator of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So, like you, in this perspective of practice of 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 not perfectionistic Christianity, where you're just getting up every day, you you just have the freedom to fail. Mm-hmm. You fail. Yes, I fail, and I repent. I I grow. I seek the Word. It, the moment, the moment you see something wrong, you just do the right thing. You invite Christ into that moment, mm-hmm. and that's already progress. Mm-hmm. So know? how does this truth apply to maybe all the New Year's resolutions we've been making? Because a lot of people actually stop making New Year's resolutions because they say it's, you know, they, they say, they look at their failures and they're like, it's not good to make all these goals because I'm never going to accomplish them. It's like relying on myself and, and all that. But like, it's a new year. People are thinking about their goals, what they want to accomplish, what they hope to achieve, the change they hope, you know, for me, I wrote some down and I like to be more specific because I I know a lot of people are more general, like generally, you know, this and that, but I like to have very specific goals because that way I can be, it's easier to measure. Yeah. I think, I just think that you can't separate any change from your process of sanctification. Mm -hmm. So like, even if like, oh, I want to be more disciplined, work out more. It's like. Um, connect it to your overall human experience of following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like it is good to work out, but you can work out in an idolatrous sense. Like mm-hmm. I want to make my body better. I want to look good. I want to feel good about myself. Like that's idolatrous. Mm-hmm. So you can spend half a year growing your idolatrous desire to love yourself and put yourself on display. Mm-hmm. You know, post more Instagram pictures where you can show off your body. Like that's mm-hmm. not 
that's not healthy first right. of all even if you do accomplish that goal you're you're doing yourself harm um connect everything to our spiritual process like Lord, you're the king of my daily mm -hmm. routine. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've been slacking and I've been kind of lazy and I've been taking care of the body you've given me. Mm -hmm. And I want to be more of a, of a healthy steward of it. Mm -hmm. so give me strength to fight my laziness, to fight my lack of diligence, mm -hmm. um, my desire for comfort. Mm -hmm. um, even in exercise, like these are all great opportunities to deny yourself. Like mm -hmm. it's practice. It's like, right. well, I'm saying no to sugar or whatever, right? But like, it's spiritual too. It's like, I want sugar to make me happy. Right. You know, and it's like, it's okay. Like that's what fasting is. Fasting is a physical process where you're saying no food for a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to focus on my need for Christ. And every time I remember that hunger, I'm remembering how hungry I am for God. So there's a physical discipline. It's physical, but yeah. it's got a spiritual component. And I would argue that every physical discipline we do, whether it's being more, uh, organized in our home or eating better, exercising better, uh, you know, pursuing your hobby more, like whatever it is, you can tie it into your identity as a created human being. Right. And I think also that concept of focusing on change trips us up. Yeah. So whatever your new, new year's resolutions are, or just goals or things you hope to change that will change and that you will grow in. I think the biggest thing in the long run is you know strive for it prayerfully and when you mess up or miss a day or you know go a week without working out we often look at that and like emphasize the failure but just right. like in our practical life of repentance and dealing with sin any of your goals and activities and habits get back up the next day you're not you're not done and over because mm -hmm. of failure mm -hmm. i think small little changes make a huge difference and i think that take like i'm trying to implement that concept with my spiritual growth and in my habits daily life it takes faith to make small tiny changes every day that create a difference over a long time rather than big inspired changes that always yeah. happen you know the first few months after the new year and then just die down yeah faith moves you to be able to always choose obedience even in the middle of the biggest storm of failure and disobedience mm -hmm. so like pick up right where you are and just move forward like you know our biggest barriers to progress are the mental emotional barriers that we create in ourselves and i think our identity in christ allows us to just let go embrace grace today and act today and to really believe this amazing truth like it's it's really paradoxical like i act like God has called me to act, to obey, to walk with him. And yet in that, there is this power that is enabling me to do it. Mm -hmm. It's it's mysterious. Mm -hmm. How does it work? I don't know. You know, the analogy I used in the sermon is this exoskeleton or like the Iron Man suit. Like, you know, Tony Stark is not super strong at all, but he wears a suit that allows him to be super strong. Like, mm -hmm. but he controls a suit. The suit isn't, is nothing without him. It's mm -hmm. just a piece of metal. Um, now, that's a limited analogy, but it, it helps to maybe highlight this fact that God has, uh, God has uh, infused us with his power and his grace every day as a source of strength. Mm -hmm. And we need to believe in that mm -hmm. and use it as if it's real. 
because right. it is most Christian, many Christians, we just live our lives as if there is no grace mm-hmm. being infused into me every single day as a supernatural strength to kill mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. Sin can only be killed by God's power. And that power pulses through your veins every day. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to embrace that paradox, mm-hmm. that mystery. Mm-hmm. And I think the other component here is like the coach, like the Holy Spirit. It's it's relational. Mm-hmm. So it's not just me and my discipline. Mm-hmm. It's personal. Mm-hmm. God doesn't just give you the strength. He doesn't just give you a suit. He gives you a supernatural coach who mm-hmm. lives inside you. First uh, John chapter one and two talk about him. He is the teacher who leads us and guides us in all truth. Mm-hmm. He's like your personal truth teacher, counselor, coach. You know, so like this practice of like, okay, you failed yesterday. Get mm-hmm. back up. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Like it's okay. Like you, Jesus has paid for it. Mm-hmm. You're forgiven. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Get back up. It's okay. You're forgiven. Let's go. Like right. don't dwell. Just move. You know, right. like and that even that it makes you worship Jesus even more. Yeah. You're like, dang. Like, I'm forgiven? Like, really? I messed up yesterday. Yeah. Lord, you're so good. Yeah. It's and like you, you can't go, you can't be killed. You can't be stopped. Yeah. It's it's like that walking in step with the spirit. Now walk in step with the spirit. This is God has accomplished a work. He is filling your sails with wind and just walk in step with him. And you know, when you're feeling unmotivated sitting on the couch at the end of a Monday, feeling unmotivated, you know, set a timer for ten minutes, get up and start cleaning. Like chances are you're gonna you're going to be filled with some motivation. Don't wait for your emotions to come. You know, believe in what God is doing and just act on right. that. And, you know, like even with working out or eating right, I think it's so like every day at a certain time, just get up and put on your workout clothes. Like Just make that like step of faith, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, get up and just for say, I'll clean for five minutes. Chances are you're going to get really into it. You're going to do the thing you're supposed to be doing. Um, read, just have the book by your bed. If your goal is to read more, have the book where you're always going to be sitting in the evening and pick it up and say just two pages a day, you know? Yeah. By a month, you'll finish the book. Like it's so, it's these little things done in faith that create big change and not looking at the failure, but, you know, doing what you can in little bits. Right. And from a perspective of theology of the New Testament, like, it, these tiny steps are what make the the change happen. Those are the tiny steps of obedience yes. through which the Holy Spirit works to create permanent supernatural change in your heart. Yeah. So instead of agonizing over the fact that you can't join a Bible reading plan through the whole Bible because like five chapters is like crazy for you, like yeah. just make tiny steps. Every right. morning I get up, I pour my coffee, I read one chapter. Right. If, if all you can do is five verses, that's it. Like right. just... Tiny steps, put your Bible right there and say, oh, no, that's not the point is not that I read five chapters. The point is that I need I need some truth in my right. heart. If right. it's one verse, you you pour your coffee, you open your Bible. There's that verse, that moment of meditation set. Like that's the most helpful thing I've ever heard. Even in seminary, uh, in our spiritual disciplines class, Don Whitney said, hey, I know you're all busy pastors, whatever. Say five minutes. That's mm-hmm. all, that's all you need to do. Give mm-hmm. yourself five minutes. Everybody can do that. Yeah. Um, but once you do that, you're inviting in those every little moments, the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, we agonize, oh man, I don't pray enough. Just pray that moment. Right, right there. Or if, yeah, you're, if your goal 15 is... 15 seconds to pray instead or like of you agonizing. Want, you want to be more cheerful, less, less um, negative, and you're having a hard moment and you feel yourself grumbling. And the minute you realize... It's not like, oh, here I am grumbling again. I'm always so negative. Why am I always like, cut those thoughts off, interrupt them. Be like, right now, okay, 
let me vocalize verbalize gratitude in this moment to my kids to my husband in that moment we wait for these big inspirational goodness filled motivation moments but it's not going to happen like in the moment choose a little bit of gratitude even though you just spent five minutes complaining say i don't want to be that i want to be grateful so i'm going to choose to say something right and i would argue that in these little tiny steps and an essential ingredient is the relational component so invite christ into those little moments yeah and like again i was saying this in the sermon one of the most helpful things i learned in the past couple of years is the simple prayer jesus help yeah yeah like it's it's profoundly simple what does it do oh well it reorients my entire heart in this moment to say jesus help like i'm messing up i'm struggling like help me right now yeah you know yeah so inviting christ inviting the holy spirit into that moment learning to make that thousand tiny steps it takes three seconds to pray that prayer literally two seconds right but you're inviting the coach in that moment we think if it's dramatic stuff an hour of bible reading mm-hmm. half an hour of prayer mm-hmm. no 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 it's the whole life it's your it's it's how you breathe yeah. it's like breathing yeah. you know mm-hmm. walking with your coach mm-hmm. keeping in step with the spirit and i think those thousand tiny steps they start to reorient your entire soul yeah. Yeah. to the presence of your savior to the work of the coach in your heart and that is what creates massive change and i think i've seen that in my own life and that's when you see those things and you you just become so much more of a believer in that the small changes over time like even with bible reading you know it was you know this decision that no matter how at what point no matter how quick how what method i will read every day and whether it's driving in the car turning on an audio bible for like two seconds two minutes whether standing over the sink whether it's before i go to bed i have to read something like no matter when i'm not gonna if i'm not gonna do that thing that if i didn't read in the morning i'm not gonna read the rest of the day like i refuse to buy into that so it but over time it's like a verse here and there it's just every day right adds up and it's just profound change it, yeah. it creates a love for the word of god that i wouldn't have never had if i waited to have a perfect morning time and same with working out like i love the there's a lot of moms on like youtube or whatever that are super busy but they're like okay i got up right now the babysitter is here early i have 15 minutes i'm going to do something with those 15 minutes i'm going to do some squats or whatever they just take these little pockets of time and over time it creates change Mm -hmm. and i want to be like this year i want to believe in that kind of change rather than the big things yeah yeah so that's just kind of scratching the surface if you want to dive deeper you can check out the sermon on our church youtube living word bible church um that's the sermon from january 4th thank you guys so much for listening let us know what you thought uh find us on instagram facebook um where else there's another oh yeah the website well-said.org it's kind of the home of the blog and the podcast uh check that out uh just a heads up we are working on another podcast from our church Uh, it's going to be exclusively focused on parenting and relationships So thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know what you thought, and we will talk to you again soon.